0: Stand up and let's worship the Lord here today. praise you for who you are. We will worship you. You give us uh, at least 10,000 reasons over the last week to worship your holy name, and we pray that you will receive our worship here today. And Lord, um, as we are here and we're celebrating you, and today we're going to go to communion, in and a, and a few, we just give you praise for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. If Everybody just have a seat. We're going to go ahead and have communion. Everyone, how you doing? Good. All right, good. Good to, good to have everybody here in the house of the Lord. Um, how many remember, real quick, how many remember that first song today? Anybody? That's an old one, Meet With You by a great name uh, for a group, 10 Shekels Shirt. Isn't that a great name? Um, so anyway, um, we are here. We're here to celebrate communion. And um, in order to do so, uh, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so um, so what, what we're doing is hopefully we always focus and remember Jesus. But in this case, we're remembering what he did for us, and so um, what we recognize is on the night in which Jesus gave Himself up for us, He took uh, bread that was in the Seder meal. The Seder meal I love to share is a um, was a tradition recognizing God redeeming and freeing the people from Egypt's captivity. Um, and they had a part in there in their history where they forgot about it, and they did it as a remember. So what's really interesting is Jesus said, "Do this in remembrance of me," but. There's a term constantly in the Seder meal called zakor. Everybody say zakor. There you go. That's um, that's Hebrew. And what it just means is remember. And so we want to do. So there's a lot of remembrance in this. And so they were saying, remember what Moses did. Remember this. Remember that. But on this night, Jesus took the bread. And he came to time. He gave thanks to God. And he broke it. And as he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, zakor, do this and remember to me. Um, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this and remember to me. And so he pa- passed it around. And many people believe that at that point, with the breaking of the bread, there was a part in the cedar meal called the Afrika Men, and they would break it, and they had like a couple of napkins, and they put it in, in uh, between, and they go hide it. And the youngest person in the Seder meal, still today they do this in Jewish tradition, goes to find it. It's like a hide-and-seek kind of thing. The good thing for us is Jesus said, no, my body is not hidden. It's for the world, broken for the world. All right, so he did that. Then after supper was over, and that's important because there's a lot of cups in the Seder meal. And many people believe at this time it probably was the cup of Elijah. And so he began to give thanks to God. Once again, thank you, God, Lord God. A ruler and sovereign of the universe that will give us fruit of the vine that we may have to drink. And he began to pass that around to his disciples. Something they had heard a long, long time. But this time he said, hey, wait a second. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this and do this remember it to me. In this act with the African men and, and maybe the cup of Elijah this time. Um, or the cup of redemption, excuse me. Not the cup of Elijah. There's one of those as well. But they had a seat for Elijah there. But the cup of redemption, which would have been at the end of the Seder meal, what Jesus was saying is exactly what happened in the Exodus, where Moses went and said, let my people go, and they celebrated God redeeming their people Israel. In this act, Jesus was saying, Afrocomen, which means I have come, and the cup of redemption to redeem you. So Jesus was saying, by my sacrifice, not by the sacrifice of a lamb, As it was in the Old Testament, for the angel death passed by. But my sacrifice, as the spotless lamb, giving my life for you and for your forgiveness of your sins, I am going to redeem you and reconnect you to the Father. If you ever know, redeem's not something we use a lot. But if you ever anybody ever use coupons, and they what does it say? Redeem for. Jesus gave you a coupon that no matter what we do in our life, as we seek and have a relationship with Him, we don't get looked at in our own sin. But when we face the Lord and we start to feel that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be judged for all my sin rightly, we just give him the coupon and say, hey, Jesus says I paid the price. And we get right in, not by our own action, but by him. And so Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. I love the fact that uh, grain has to be pressed out and put together in order to make bread. Like nobody grabs a piece of grain and goes ahead and puts peanut butter and jelly on it and eats it. Doesn't work that way, and 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 grapes like you don't say "Mm, I'm thirsty, and you eat grain. I'm hungry and thirsty, and you eat grain and um, and eat grapes and drink the juice. No, all those are pressed out and come together, and that's what the church is. The church is a bunch of people in different areas pressed out of our own uh, individual nature, but put together in the grace and love of God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, and so. Lord, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. I feel so lame saying that because we just say, oh, Jesus died, he rose, and he's going to come again. That is the most important event ever in history, and we just take it so much for granted. So in this part... We want to connect with him. So Christ died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. So we pray that he will pour out his Holy Spirit on on these gifts and on all of us here that he may make these gifts be the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed and set apart by his precious blood. There's a couple things to communion that we celebrate in this church. Number one, everybody has to say, what do you do with Jesus? If you remember, I gave you the questions to a test last week. You remember? The question to the test is, uh, God's going to say, what did you do with my son? And the proper answer was, I accepted his, his offer of salvation. He's like, good to go. All right? So that's, that's the one thing. You've got to deal with Jesus one time or another. C.S. Lewis said, Jesus is one of three things. He's either liar, lunatic, or savior. If he's a liar all of Western, or a lunatic, all Western civilization, and all civilization is based off of a liar and a lunatic. That seems like it is now, but um, back then not. So he is the savior of the world. You've got to deal with that with yourself. Um, The other thing is, do you have sin in your life? What is sin? It means you missed the mark. Anybody miss the mark of what God intended? Anybody do it this week? Anybody do it on the morning on your way here? All right, yeah. All right. So um, we all miss the mark. And that's something that we need to know. Scripture says all have sinned. All have missed the mark of God and fall short of what God has intended for us. And the other thing is, I'm going to dare say that there's a couple of you that have some people in your work, in your family or around you, maybe neighbors or something, that you just don't get along with very well. Anybody got any? All right. Um, if they're here, just kind of wink at me, all right? But there's people that we don't live at peace with, and there's people that we don't mess with, and, you know, there comes those times where, we, where we want, we're told to live, do all you can to live at peace with one another. That doesn't mean you make others live at peace with you, because you can't do that. But there comes a time where you say, I've done everything, and I'm giving them to you, Lord, and I hope you bring peace. The three things that we look at for communion as you come to the table, all right? So um, several of the things that we have here, we're going to have some servers here, but I'm going to give, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you some things. We do have several different things here. Um, we have the elements that we, with the bread and um, the, the cup, so what will happen, you'll come and you'll receive that, and then you'll, you'll dip it in, it's called intinction, um, if you want to know a technical term, um, that's what it means. And then you'll take that. If you want to pray around here, feel free to do so. Um, Or if you want to go back to your seat, you're fine to do that as well. Also, we do recognize that there was a little thing a couple years ago and has carried on called COVID. And we recognize that people are are really cognizant about that. So we have already prepackaged that has uh, the, the juice in there. And there's a little wafer on the top and you got to be really good to separate it, all right? So you, you've got those. And then we also recognize that people have um, gluten issues as well, and so we have gluten-free here um, as well. We want to just, uh, I said, long gone are the days with the little tiny little shot glass things and the, uh, and the little croutons that you used to have at the altar. But we want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to receive uh, the table of the Lord today. So, all right. Blood shed for you, the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you, the blood of our Lord poured out for you for many vileness of them, sins, the blood of Christ. So we do have some ushers in the back that are going to help assist you, and I'm going to see that I get this right, I'll try to get it right. Um, we're, we, we come from the back because it's easier to come back and down, so how we're going to do this is uh, this aisle, this will be the one where you're together in the aisle, so they'll come from the back uh, and then you'll, you'll come down this way. This section will come down here and then return that side. Uh, This section will come down and return this way. Unless you want gluten-free, just come on, or or the little cups, you can, whatever section, come over here. If you're in this section, um, far section, you'll come down, and you'll make your way around to the outside, again, unless you need some of the other areas, all right? Everybody understand? If not, the ushers are there to help you, okay? This is the table of the Lord. It's free for anyone who wants to come. And, and just celebrate who Jesus is to you. And John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said this is, um, can be a converting sacrament, that you may not feel that you're a Christian, but through this act, the presence of Christ meets us here. It's also not a time to, uh, particularly when we're aisles with people, you see somebody, oh, hi, do that. Just focus on you and the presence of Jesus during this time. We have plenty of time to, uh, to fellowship with people afterwards. All right? Come to the Lord's table.
1: This place erupt with praise can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth Spirit break out.
0: worship team a chance to go ahead and, and receive communion as well. And if there's anybody who, who's in an area that, um, that you, you couldn't get up here, just kind of wave your hand. We'll make sure that, that you get it, receive communion. But um, it's, a, it's a very interesting as, uh, as we see that you know out of many are one, and that's the church. That's, the, that's why we're called the body of Christ. Like we look at individuals in, in their body, that there's one person in the body, but there's all kinds of different parts, and that's what the church is. So we all have different parts, different people from different areas, um, and, uh, and it's just awesome to be part of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. All right, so at this time, our kids, if they haven't left, they can go to our haven kids. Everybody else here, we're going to get old school. I want you to look at somebody, at two people and say, "The peace of Christ be with you." And then you respond, and also with you, going old school.
2: Numbers for the baby drive. I mean, oh my gosh, 1,800, 1,400 feeds families. This is amazing. You guys are just, you're just kick butt. I can't say the other word, but anyway. <laughs> Thank you. That is amazing. Also, we have just got a lot of praises today, and I'm just full of myself, so look out. I had two hours sleep and no coffee, so we're good. Vacation Bible School. If you've not gotten your young ones signed up, get them signed up. If you want to make a donation, see Kate or stick it in the envelope and write Vacation Bible School on it. Um, Grief Share. We will be starting our next session. It's 13 weeks. If you've lost a loved one, this is a great group and a great way to work through that process. So please join us here on Monday nights at 6.30. Robin and I will be the leaders and we'll help you walk through that journey so if anybody wants to sign up you can go online or just talk to one of us has anybody ever seen any more beautiful weather than yesterday and today it's not raining maybe i shouldn't say that but hallelujah i like this weather it's great everybody else okay picnics parties okay Youth group, thank you, Jen. They went to Sight and Sound, and I do know that my granddaughter had an amazing experience. It was wonderful. They got to share and to uh, really, uh, what did you see, Moses? Moses, okay, Uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, This week's been a busy week for me. I talked to a lot of our friends that are online, and I promised them I'd shout out, even though I get in trouble afterwards. But Kim and Judy, Jenny, Liz, and Rhonda, hello. I know you're out there. I know you're all doing good um and a praise that is uh, when i know god works i know god works and wes hewitt we did hands-on prayer for him last sunday he has been six days fever free so god is working god is working and we're going to get him back and healthy and get everything fixed it's all good um bob back there in two weeks he's going to be well, I don't know if he's going to kick butt, but he's going to be moving that foot. So y'all look out. Um, and July is the vet month. I cannot go without thanking Lisa Bailey for her efforts. Um, we are collecting items for them. There are little tin, not tins, but uh, buckets or, or t- you know, big tins, whatever, big boxes. Fill them up. You got till next Sunday, just fill them up because we are blessing them with, with what they need and the list is out there if you need to know what it is. Um, And next Sunday's the last day. Didn't know what that meant, but anyway. Uh, I have a long list today, I'm sorry. Um, Gail and Rich has asked to lift their son, Kurt, in prayer to continue praying for him. The Wearies have asked for Sister Pam to continue to lift her in prayer through her health issues. Kathy, Traveling Mercies one of our Bible study groups. She asked for traveling mercies and a shout out, so she's getting it. Um, And Stephanie Waddell has asked for Trixie, who has fallen again, and her Alzheimer's is progressing very rapidly. And uh, Stephanie has asked us to lift them in prayer, as well as Mike Frieda, a friend of theirs with cancer that is advancing rapidly. Tammy Montgomery, we're gonna pray for mom. Alpha, she is in the hospital with a bowel blockage, and we want to pray that they can get all that taken care of. So we'll keep lifting your family in prayer. Um, Rhonda Elkins, one of our members, I ran into her at Food Lion, bless her heart, and she's asked that we pray for her husband Carl's brother, Carlos. He had a stroke, and unfortunately it was on the floor for a couple days before anybody found him. So we need to really lift him in prayer as he's in very serious condition Um, Lisa we got the right Monday Ron is having his surgery tomorrow on his eyes that's not my Ron that's our Ron and uh, we want to pray for him because we know he's very anxious about that Um, and I'm shouting out a special prayer to gay Ann and ed because I know that they're very busy taking care of their dad her dad that's moved up here so all of you who are caregivers I lift you in prayer for all the strength and all the things that you do for the people that you love Also, Rhonda Hildebrandt wants us to lift Diane Abel with some family issues, and we'll pray for her and her family. Issa Phillips, my cat Gus is going blind and he needs a treatment. So we're going to pray for Gus and see if we can keep his sight. Okay. Also, we have Dana prayers for the Spano family. Their mom, Kathy Wilson, had a stroke prayers for healing and strength for the caregivers also prayers for Abigail she's got an appointment with a cardiologist and we're gonna do some testing on a minor heart concern so Abigail we got you in prayers wherever you are I don't see you we must be in the nursery back there okay hiding okay we pray at Haven we put our hands on our knees we give it to God whatever you woke up with on your heart this morning and you know when your heat hit your feet hit the floor there's something going on you've had a fight with someone or you just want to reach out and touch someone you're frustrated maybe you're down and going through a depression give it to God give every minute of to him he will take it he will make it better he has got broad shoulders he will give you back your life and your love. So give it to God, whatever is on your heart. Make it known to him. And now we're going to lift our hands because that's how we receive God's love, his grace, his mercy. Amazing. And when we receive those things, God heals our hearts and he heals others. And I pray that today that he is healing for everyone that we've prayed for, this was a long list today. A lot of people need prayer and, and our love. So let's receive it from God, and let's give it to others. And let's continue to pay it forward, because I know you guys are doing that, and I appreciate it, because all the love we move for God brings one person closer to heaven. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen.
0: Something good's going to happen, right? Yeah. Remember when uh, in the early days when they would have television news and it would go whoosh like that and you, it was like breaking news. Now it's like everything's breaking news, isn't it? You know. Um, so it's there. Um, we have our QR code up here if you want to go ahead and get your worship guide, your bulletin. Same one we gave out in paper, but some people like them that way. Feel free to take out your smartphone, which makes us all dumber, um, and um, go ahead and just, just do that. How are you today? Good. You feeling good? Good. Awesome. Everybody been cutting grass a lot? You cut it and then it grows again, and you're like, what? Nah. Yeah, right? So there we have that. All right, um, real quick. How many of you like news? No one? Okay, there's a couple. How many of you watch news? How many of you remember in the day, I remember my grandfather always talked about time for Walter. And if you don't know who Walter is, you're much too young, all right? Um, so anybody remember Walter? All right. But um, now we're just bombarded by news all the time. Um, we're we're going to have a, this is going to be a one-week series um, just called um, Write Your Headline. And um, if, we're going to start just by looking at the first scripture lesson, which comes from Colossians. And the Apostle Paul says this. He says, since then, everybody say, since then. Since then. You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts. Everybody say, set your hearts. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated um, at the right hand of God. Set your minds. Everybody say, set your minds minds. on the things above, not on earthly things. Wow, that's a big sentence, isn't it? For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Today, I want to share with you a very powerful tool, um, one that can help you grow closer to God, can grow your and build your faith, but it also may be able to help you keep some sanity in this world as well. And in this very crazy, wild, challenging, all over the place, painful world, there's a lot of stuff, correct? There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of everything. And sometimes it just feels, ugh, right? Um, and so I, what I want to do, I just really want to share this tool because I do believe, as I said, it can build your faith. And I'm going to show you how to apply it and invite you to do the same. So, and God may use this tool to transform your mind and your heart and build intimacy with him. And what does this tool have to do with? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with headlines. It has to do with headlines. How many of you would agree that over the last couple of years, it seems like almost all the time our world has one headline or another anybody anybody see that? It shifted and changed and they weren't always good correct how many how many feel that was true over the last couple of years it was headline 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 if we go back to about february or march 2020 anybody remember what happened then we started to go ahead and hear about this new mysterious new disease called coronavirus remember when it was called that when people kind of here kind of made it like a joke, like the, you have the Rona, remember that? And we uh, made it equivalent to like, uh, oh, Corona, it's a beer. Like, anybody remember that? All right? Um, so we had that. It was, it was uh, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, a little bit, there was jokes everywhere. And then um, it was no longer intriguing or funny because we knew people who got it. Then we knew people who died from it. And uh, it was scary, correct? We didn't know. Um, I remember going, you go to the stores and you had, they had the tape on the aisle, you had to go one way, and I remember seeing some people with like, looked like they were going to a hazmat place, um, because we didn't know, and there was a lot of fear about how that would happen. Um, and then, so we have that kind of stuff, people, um, it was sort of spreading all over the world, people were dying, people, uh, jobs were vanishing, businesses were shutting down, and we had to stay home. Now, for a while, that was fun, right? But a little bit after, when you're looking at everybody in this house, you were pretty much done with it, weren't you? Um, Ready to go. And does anybody remember the big tragedy of the global shortage of toilet paper? Anybody remember that? I remember, there's people who are probably still using rolls of toilet paper that they got in February or March 2020. Um, So those headlines were rocking our world, and then, before we knew it, there was other stuff. We began to have that made the headlines racial tensions and uh, and violence in the streets. We also had this thing called an election. Anybody remember? Didn't we kind of have an election? Um, Remember that? Yeah. So we had all this election and tension, and people began to hate each other over all kinds of different things. Um, uh, And then we had, in the midst of that, we had the Me Too movement that really came to the forefront. So after months and months of painful headlines, it seemed like we almost got a break when, After that first year in 2021, they started to say, hey, it looks like the numbers, anybody remember seeing the charts of of how many cases? And they started to drop and we started to say, oh, wow, okay, well, maybe maybe things are getting better. Um, Maybe we're gonna go ahead. And then we had a new variant that came that seemed more deadly to some other people and some people that we know. And once again, headlines, COVID is back and others, it never went away. And then there became... Uh, issues over vaccines and not vaccines, and we had uh, people spaced apart, and it really consumed our world, these headlines, for more than two years, and it kind of set the world really crazy now, didn't it? And made it uh, all over the place. And so we dealt with this time and time and time again, and many of these headlines felt so negative. Anybody anybody a sports fan? Do you remember watching sports with the cardboard cutouts? And you could pay for your face to be like like this? Or a bas- uh um, pro wrestling had uh, some basketball had just people watching on Zoom, and we all know what Zoom is now. How many of you knew about Zoom before COVID? How many of you have used Zoom now or some kind of video chat? All right, um, lots of different things changed because it's been these headlines. A lot of them felt so negative. And it just seemed like it made other people negative. And just, it continued on and on again. I remember thinking, oh, wow, now that we can get out and we we can see people, people will be nicer. Not, okay? We had this whole kind of other thing. And then COVID is leaving. And then again, COVID is back. And COVID, I mean, it was everywhere. And so many of those were so negative as we look about. Now, as we talk about headlines, I want to bring this tool to you and... How many of you realize this? Not all headlines are true. (laughs) You you know that, correct? I was undergraduate journalism, so I spent a lot of time doing headlines and and articles. And um, you realize that some of them aren't true. And and there's some famous ones that aren't true that I want to share with you right here. Let's look. I got some of these up here. Let's take a look. Um, The first one is about the Titanic. The Titanic sinking no lives lost. We wish that was the case. And you can see over here, all Titanic passengers are safe and transferred to lifeboats at sea. That was not true, correct? All right, Jack went down off the door, right? Took you a while there, all right? Should have thrown her off that door in two minutes. But anyway, <laughs> just telling you what this Jack would do, all right? <laughs> I'm be like, didn't we just meet? Bye, um, all right. Um, search your pockets first. Okay, anybody in the Titanic, all right? What about this one? Dewey defeats Truman. Some of you may say, who the heck is Dewey? You don't know because he was supposed to be president, but he did not defeat Truman. And it was a wrong, wrong one. I was there. What about this one done in the 1929? Hitler tamed by prison. No. All right. It was put out um, by the New York Times that Adolf Hitler, um, who, was, who, who created a lot of problems in Germany, was tamed by prison in the 20s. Nah, he caused a lot of problems for everything else um, after that. Um, what about this one here? Babies will disappear in the next hundred years except for imported ones. This is a real article by a sociologist and somebody... Uh, Melissa and I didn't read this because we've got five kids and some of you guys didn't either as well. Um, now, not all of them are true, like some of these, but some of them are downright ridiculous. and. Let's look at this one. Hospitals resort to hiring doctors. Wow, isn't that novel? Uh, so we want, we want to have that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like there's any doctors around when we're there um, or if we're in the hospital, but hey. Um, I love this one here uh, from Oklahoma City. Rally against apathy, draw small crowd. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: uh, what about this? Uh, city unsure why the sewer smells. We wonder what's going on in our, in our politics, all right? Um, and this one, you know, I mean, I've heard of covert things. China may be using the sea to hide its submarines. Okay? Um, yeah, this is funny. Safety meeting ends in accident. Oops. This one is bad, but I had to share it because this is too far. One armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. That whoever wrote that article needs to be fired. Um, That's just awful. Um, And you know we all know that there's some people that get there's a lot of people getting arrested, but this guy has gotten arrested for everything. So we've got one person who's taken the toll for all of us. Um, This was a a television thing. A man in boxers leads police on brief chase. How many of you like lemonade? Anybody like lemonade? I can't stand lemonade. I never like it. it. Makes me more thirsty, and I think here's why. Cal urine makes for juicy lemonade. Lemons. How I many you still like lemonade? All right, there we go. Um, this one I don't get. Woman accidentally joins search party looking for herself. If you read the article, she joined the search party and was looking around. They, she goes, "Who were we looking for?" And found out it was her. So, all right. Uh, like if they, they found you get that they found her she was with them nobody knew that they found her. Oh, sorry okay um, and this one I mean I, I've heard about drug dealers but this is like wrong placement crack cocaine dealer jail that's not her but she was just she was just there by the headlines. so uh, poor lady it was probably her birthday and Willard Scott was gonna say happy hundredth birthday or something but ridiculous headlines right not all of them are true and, and you can't make this up this is uh, so dumb at times that we have. But what I want to teach you today is I want to teach you to be able uh, to write your own headlines. Um, because in life, when we see headlines, we, it does something to us. It's made to get our attention. And a lot of times in life, things get our attention for the wrong reasons. And so, why is it so important to be able to write our own headline? Because here's the thing. You can't always change your circumstances. But you can change your perspective. And you know, if what I found out, um, I found a, a website which is really kind of cool. It takes all the news articles and it has them in um, liberal, conservative, and central. And they, it is absolutely amazing to see the t- same topic given in different uh, uh, perspectives. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to see that. But if we see that perspective, it plays on us in many different ways. And so the reality is that there is hard stuff going on in the world and probably also in your life. And you cannot change, no matter what you do, you cannot change your what's going on around you. You cannot change the circumstance, but you can change how you approach that and what you do with it. So um, there's biblical examples throughout all of scripture uh, and if you read it with some creativity, which I'm going to bring today, you can almost visualize some of the headlines about some of these uh, situations throughout the Bible. Like, for instance, I know our, our youth and others went to see Moses at Sight and Sound. And so that's fresh. So let's take Moses. Moses, um, the, the Israelites had gone through the desert, and they had gotten to the area where they were getting ready to go to the Promised Land. Um, and Moses never got a chance to go in there, but Moses sent some spies in ahead. Said, "Go check out the land and come back and report to me what's going on. Tell me what's what's going on in there, so we know." And so basically, he's asking, "I want you to find out some stuff. I want you to tell me what the, the soil's like, what the conditions are like, what the people, if there's those that are there, what they're like. Are they there are they a lot of them or a few of them? Um, are they strong or are they weak? What can we expect? When we, in other words, what can we expect when we get there?" And Um, two different, he sends this group of people in, and when he sends them in, they see the same stuff, but two different groups come out with completely different opinions of what went on there. And there's two groups with two different types of headlines. The, The first group consists of two people, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, uh, there's a little quiz about them. They're the only people that started the journey in Egypt that got to go into the promised land. Out of all the millions of people, they're the only two that started and got to go in because the Israelites took a um, a four-day journey and made it a 40-year wandering in the desert. All right? Um, And so they went into this promised land, this uh, land that is flowing with milk and honey is what what it's told. And their headline was, God is with us. Milk and honey for all, right? It's good good stuff. They said, let's go get them. Let's go in there. Yeah, there's some people in there, but we can take them. God has given us this. Let's go, Moses. We're ready to go. There's another group, the other spies. They went through the promised land. They saw the exact same thing, but here is their response in Numbers 13. It says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread a rumor among the Israelites, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said there was giants there. They said these massive people were there. They were from the Nephilim of old, like giant people. And they're going to tear us from, um, from uh, limb to limb. And then they said, the land we explored, it devours those living in it. And all the people of great size. So here's the headline. You have the headline from... Joshua and Caleb, hey, great land, God has given it to us, the promised land, milk and honey for all, great place, I found out where I want to live, awesome, let's go. The other group spread a rumor, and they basically said the land eats people, here is what their headline is, honey-filled promised land eats people and washes down with milk, that was their headline, all right, they did not want to go in there, and they cost them a lot of time, and they never got to go in there. The fear that they saw had them write a headline completely different from Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb was like, it looks good. It's everything God promised, and he's given it to us. Let's go. The other ones are like, big people in there? I don't think so. I don't want to. Man, the, they didn't say the people. They said the land opens up and these people. Think about that. The land opened up and these people. The exact same thing seen and to exactly different headlines and reports. The situation is they all saw the same thing. They couldn't change the circumstances. Like the promised land didn't for the other people just start opening up and raw eating people. For the other spies, and then it was just like, oh, look, wonderful land for Joshua and Caleb. It was the same thing. But their perspective, their fear, and their headlines, the circumstances around there, caused their perspective to be one thing. And when they came back and shared to the rest of the Israelites they chose which one they wanted to read. And you know what's funny? You and I often choose to read and, and take in the negative headlines more than we do the positive ones in our life. So that's the first one. What about the Apostle Paul, who was probably just one of the most amazing people ever? He was um, transformed completely by the love of Jesus. He went from a Christian hater and persecutor to a Christ proclaimer and preacher. But when he was uh, a somebody who was going around, missionary, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, he had this, this vision in his heart and this, this passion. If I just get to Rome, because like all the books that we have, Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, they're written to major city areas or areas where the gospel would spread among a huge populace. And so Paul said, if I can get to Rome, Then I can preach. And then the gospel spread to all the known world, to the leaders and everywhere else. And he wasn't wrong in that. So he he prayed. He pleaded with God. God, I want to go to Rome and I want to preach. I want to go to Rome and preach. I can't wait to get to Rome and preach. Unfortunately, he did not go to Rome to preach. He went to Rome, arrested by the Roman government. He went on his journey there. He had all kinds of uh, shipwrecks, got bit by a snake and all kinds of other things. They beat him senseless um, and they forcibly took him to Rome and they locked him in uh, a house. He he was under house arrest and all day for eight hour shifts, he was chained to Roman soldiers. Now he had prayed, I want to go to Rome and I want to preach the gospel so that everybody can know. And he's taken there as a prisoner. He's been wrongly imprisoned. He's been beaten. He's now waiting on something. They were deciding on whether they were going to behead him or not. Can you imagine if there was media then, the possibility of the different headlines? So I decided to take that on. The first one. Locked up Paul. Losing his head. Christianity is doomed. Okay? What about this one? Apostle Paul. Wrongly imprisoned. Sues Roman government for millions of denarii. All right. Or... What about the, the opinion, uh, op-ed article? What about this? Seven reasons why Christianity will die by 99 AD. And what about this one? There's probably a podcast somewhere called The Rise and Fall of the Apostle Paul. Okay. The good news, though, is if you are a follower of Christ, your life is not defined by somebody else's headline. You may not be able to change what you're facing. You may not be able to change immediately the situation and circumstance that you're in. But you can write your own headline in the midst of that. You may be facing situations in your life, in your ministry, in your family, in your marriage and relationship, in your children, with your children, with your health, with your occupation. And none of those are determined by somebody else's headline. Not one of them. And when we get a revelation that... What somebody else writes as my headline is not my story. When we get that, we have a revelation that we read in Colossians. And it says, we don't set our mind on earthly things, but we set our minds on the things above. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul writes this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be metamorphosized, um, trans- be transformed How? By the renewing of your mind. We did a whole series. If you want to go ahead and look at it, um, there's a QR code in the front. You can go ahead and get the app and check that out. Or you can go to havencc.org. And it was done several years ago, I believe in 2011. We did a whole series on this about transforming your mind called Mindfield. And some of you might remember that series. And, And it's about that you are the agent of transforming your mind. I I often thought that you come to Jesus like, oh, my mind's transformed. That's not how it works. If it was, then I'd never sin and it would be awesome. But I sin a lot. You know why? Because I, I get anxiety, I get depression, I get frustrated, I get angry. I have all those emotions. And usually that's based on the circumstances around me or the headline that somebody's writing about me. Anybody else with me here? And so how do I do that? I've got to go ahead and I've got to transform my mind. I have to be the agent of that. And I do that through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. Because once we transform our mind, it tells us then and only then can we test and approve God's perfect will for our lives. And so in that series, Mindfield, we talked about a skill that is used by many good counselors. And I believe God can use it in an even more powerful way. It's called cognitive reframing. Everybody say cognitive reframing use that in a sense today and make somebody think that you're really really intelligent all right and what this simply means is this shifting your mindset to look at a situation or relationship from a a, per, a positive perspective okay so you notice that what are the two things a situation or a relationship so let's go back to this that we you guys admitted over in communion that there may be some people that you have a kind of eh, here they come relationship with try to change you can't change them one of the things I've learned is you cannot change people. Anybody ever tried? Doesn't work. So what can I do? I can only change how I relate to them. Now, part of that change may be like I don't hang around them, or if I see them coming down the aisle in the store, I run to the other aisle. I get that. But, but chances are sometime I'm going to run into them. And when you, you know those people you see and just like all kinds of emotions? And you, you see them and you're like, they didn't see me and they're like, hey! And you're like, "Mm -hmm. hi. How are you? Good? And you're like, pull out your phone like you're trying to talk or whatever you do. And and so, but we can in those relationships, change your perspective on it. Just change your perspective. Like I'm gonna be here five minutes. Look at them as as God does. Maybe as somebody looks at you, there might be somebody in your life like, oh my gosh, here comes Jack, go and run. I haven't been in church in a while, and he's going to ask me. I'm not going to ask you that, but you know, that's between you and God. But um, Wayne, our old worship leader, used to see people, and he said people would see him in, in the store and say, um, they'd see him and go, hey, uh, I, haven't been, uh, I haven't been in church in a while, and he'd go, I don't care. <laughs> that was his response, because he's like, he's like, it's not my deal, it's yours. He never understood. He's an old Marine, too, so let him go. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. we got to change how we do that. What about situations? I'm going to tell you, this week somebody's going to make you mad. Somebody's going to let you down. Somebody's going to frustrate you. Somebody's going to tell somebody something that you told them not to tell anybody. Expect it. And when you do, find out how you're going to deal with it. Because if you're like me, we have what's called neural pathways. And the best way to look at this is if you ever been to some place where there's like a lot of grass, it's a public place, a lot of grass, and then there's a, a sidewalk that goes down here like in a right angle. And then you look and you see like a worn path through here. That's what we do with our neural pathways. We think things so long that actually when we've done that for so many years that we keep going down that same pathway. And some of those pathways are not good for us. Some of the ways we process things are not good. So you know what we have to do? We have to create another neural pathway. It's easy to go down the path that we always travel. It's hard to take another path. But I'm going to tell you, it's freeing in relationships and other situations when you go ahead and are willing to take another pathway through cognitive reframing and to do that. So... um, So we need to go ahead and embrace that. It's not thinking, cognitive reframing is not thinking what's impure or looking for what's wrong or being upset about what doesn't work out or what we don't have. It's simply thinking about what's pure, what's right, and being thankful of what you do have and and the good that we do have in life. Um, Because you're not going to be able to change what's happening to you, but you can change your perspective through renewing of your mind. Um, The second thing is our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Anybody a parent? How many of you know from the early stage what your kids want? Anybody have mom, mom, mommy, mom? Mommy, mom, 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 mom. Dad, dad, daddy, dad, dad. daddy, 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 mom, 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 mom. Can I go? Can I have? Can I have? Can I have? have? No. Can I have? Can I have? Can I have? I want, please. Can I? They had this. They had that one. That one did that. How come I can't? you're like, why are they driving you crazy? Because that's their strongest thought. Take a young child into a toy section of a store. And see how much they say, okay, Father, I I will do without today. And they walk on. No, it's constant. Can I have? Can I want? Can I have? Can I have? Can I have? Can I want? And we have a lot of grown-up children that that do that. Our minds are always moving in a direction. For instance, when you're hungry and that commercial comes on. And they make that food look a lot better than it is when you pay for it. The reason why they pay for advertising is because they want that to be your strongest thought. Because they want you to get up and to go buy it. Correct? Correct? And we do, don't we? Now we don't even have to get up. We door dash it and we'll pay $15 for a bag of chips, right? We'll do whatever that crazy stuff because it's such a strong thought in us and we can't get it out of our minds. Science and scripture both agree. And the cognitive behavioral psychology is what science says, and they say a lot of the problems that we have relating, are related to the wrong processes of thinking. Some of our relational challenges, some of our eating disorders, some of our addictions, some forms of anxiety are actually a result of toxic thinking. But God's word, the truth, says this in Proverbs 23. It justifies this, and it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What I will tell you, Everybody can tell you you're the best thing in the world. If you don't believe it, it's not true. I've, I've told people in counseling or other issues um, and just talking with people forever, your perspective is your reality. If you have a, a, a couple or you have a couple people that are describing something, or we can go back to the family where there's something that happened and you're, you're talking to two kids or two different people in the family about something, you have two different perspectives on everything because they have different perspectives on things as well. And they believe different things about themselves. But as we think in our mind, in our heart, is how we are. You see, life is often such a reflection of the, of the thoughts that we have. If you think you can't do something, you're not going to do it. Uh, you say, I don't have what it takes. Then you probably don't have what it takes because you're, it's a defeatist mentality before you start. start. But if you think you... Probably will using God's grace, or if you dwell on your problems, like the world is bad, and it's not going to matter. Your problems are going to overwhelm you. We have to look to faith. We have to look um, to seek and find some solutions on our own and use our brains. We also have to. Um, if you if you always feel like you're a victim, then you're always going to be a victim. If you believe that you can always overcome by the power of Jesus, you're always going to overcome by the power of Jesus. You ever been around somebody who is so negative that it makes you negative? Anybody? Anyone? Yeah. Or is this just the people I'm hanging around with at times? Like there's some people, I, it might be at the gym. I'm there, I'm like, I'm trying to get this mess in shape, and I'm there, and it's just like one or two people all the time. It's like the sky is falling, and I'm like, I wish it would fall on you, you know? I mean, so I can get some peace, and then I'm going to put these headphones in, you know? I mean, we have those people in our lives. How many of you have the opposite? How many have people that are so positive about everything? They're equally annoying. Anyone? Like, it's, whoa, yeah, yeah, it's great, you know. It's raining, oh, well, the crops need, the grass, the grass needs to be water. I'm cutting it five times. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? And there's just people that always are on the positive side. And, but I can tell you when life gets difficult and, and the big things hit, they're the people you want by your side, not the other ones. And, the, and you, we need that in our life time and time and time again. And so what we see is, is that, yes, um, our lives are moving in the direction of our major thoughts. And the life that we have is is a reflection of the thoughts that we think, whether we like it or not. Like, for instance, many of you are in a position because a a parent, a grandparent, a significant other, an ex or somebody told you something about yourself and as much as you hate it and you don't agree with it, in some ways, you fight against it your whole life. And so you're fighting against what they placed in your thoughts. And as you're doing that, you say, I don't like them and I'm not that, but you're proving to them that you are because that's controlling your life to prove that it's not. Everybody with me? And there's people that have based their whole lives. Myself, I've done that to some levels. To prove something to someone that was wrong about me in my headline. All right? The life that we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. So real quick, I want to do something. I don't have it in your bulletin, but we're going to do a thought audit. All right? And there's uh, three quick sections, one to ten. And um, the first one is this. Are you, and you're going to do this for yourself, are you worried or are you peaceful? And ten being like, like so, you're, so you're in between there. So ten is close to that you're peaceful. One means you're worried. Everybody got that? So um, in life, do you tend to wake up and have your mind dris, drift toward fear or anxiety? I'm worried that of what could go wrong. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about the election. I'm worried about the state of the world and the direction our, our world's headed. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Do you find your, or do you find yourself casting your cares upon God and recognizing that all of the world can fall apart and God's in control, that you sense his presence, you sense his, his goodness and his spirit. Even when things aren't working out for you, there's a sense of peace that passes all understanding. Where are you on the audit scale? Are you more worried or are you more peaceful? And if you're like me, you're probably like 3.5 or 8.5. I always do that on every scale. Um, number two, are you drifting more to the negative or to the positive? Do you wake up and find yourself uh, like a critical or negative of people? Are you always like, I can't believe that person. I, I, I did a, This person drive, that person, blah, blah, blah. All right. Um, you're assuming the worst instead of believing the best. You look at your day and say, The negative. It's going to be hard and it's going to be bad and times are tough. I'm always so busy and there's not enough time for me, uh, not, not enough of me to go around. The world's going to hell in a handbasket and I don't care. That would be the negative to let you know. Positive. You know what? I know it's tough, but Jesus is with me and He helps me overcome. And things may be difficult in the world, but I'm thankful for a God who's working all things to bring good to those who are and I can't wait till maybe he'll return today and we can just go on and be with heaven all right where are you on that scale third one are your thoughts more worldly temporary or eternal forever worldly are you concerned with what you have what you wear what you look like uh, who liked your post how many followers you have and what everybody thinks about you or maybe what a few people think about you or eternal which God has given you? Are you a, a life steward of all the things that God has given you? Has, have you utilized your spiritual gifts that he's given to you? What you have is actually used to be invested into the kingdom of God. And how awesome that um, Compassion International, $1,400, which is seven, uh, you know, generational. You've affected seven generations by, by your giving. And that is amazing. You should be thrilled about that. And then $1,800 for the uh, pregnancy center um, here at home. Um, In other words, you're saying, what God has given me and everything I have is at disposal for his use because I want to, as we were talking about last week, when we were talking about leaving boldly, I got to be more worried about storing stuff away for eternity, not here. Remember, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, who you know, what you buy, where you live and where you travel, It comes into your mind. If your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, are you excited about the direction that your life is moving and the headlines you're writing in your life? So let's take it to another level. Who wants to kick it up a notch? Anybody? All right, good. All right. Um, Instead of just saying, go ahead and decide your headline and your meaning, how about with God's help we let God decide our headline? not only for us to interpret, but when we serve a God who is powerful, that he can work in all things. Remember, that's a key thing. Work in all things. Work in all things. Work in all things. That'll shape your headline writing. When, when all the world is falling apart and you say, hey, God is working in all things. God is working in all things. God is working in all things. And so we want God to do that. That's what the Apostle Paul did when he wrote in Philippians. He said, now I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, you may think it's bad. It may look, look really bad and It may not look positive, and I may look like I'm in trouble. But here's what he says. He says, has actually served to advance the gospel. In other words, I'm locked up to these soldiers, eight-hour shifts, all day, all night. And as a result, he says, "Um, I'm giving them my best sermons. They got to listen to me preach the whole time. They are locked to me, and I get to talk about Jesus with them all the time. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am a change for Christ. He took his situation and circumstance and said, hey, Jesus, take this moment and do something with it. And he evangelized the whole palace guard by being locked up to them. Paul's headline would be, Roman plan backfires. Apostle Paul preaches to a captive audience. Isn't that good? I thought I was just a prisoner. I thought I was just a prisoner. They lock me up, but they get my best sermons all night long. I heard... why is this? Because you can't control your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. I heard a powerful story about a man who felt like he was, he was just at the end of his rope. And some of you may feel like you don't have any hope at all. So the guy picked up the phone, and he was very close to his pastor. And he, he picked up the phone, and he, said, um, he texted me. He said, I'm about to give up. Could you meet with me? Because I definitely need your help. The pastor said, definitely, let's meet. So they scheduled a time and they sat down. The guy sat down with his pastor, and as I said, they were really good friends and and said, My marriage is falling apart and I don't know what to do about it. My finances are a wreck and I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep the home. We might lose it. In all that I'm going through, I'm starting to really doubt God. I'm losing my faith and I don't know how to talk to God. I haven't seen him work in the life or even be around, and I'm in big trouble. Every ounce of my life, my marriage, my finances, my my faith, it's all in trouble. The pastor looked at his good friend and he said, let me tell you, let me see if I understand this. Because it sounds like you're going through a lot, so let me just, go ahead. So your wife divorced you and she's not speaking to you. He went, "No, no, 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 not at all. We're still married, but we're really struggling. He said, okay. He wrote it down. So if I'm hearing you right, you lost your job and you're completely unable to work and you have no finances at all. He said, no, are you not listening to me? No, 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 no. I'm still employed. I'm able to work, but things are really, really tight right now. He said, okay. And he wrote it down. And the third thing I heard from you is you lost all your faith in God. You don't believe there's a God. You have no sense of God. And you think God is not real. And he went, are you crazy? No, I still believe in God. I just haven't sensed him in a long time. The pastor looked at his friend and smiled, and he said, I, "He said because we're good friends, I hope you're not upset, and I hope you see what I'm doing. I definitely don't want to belittle the challenge that you have because they're big things, and you're facing some really challenges." He said, "But from where I'm sitting, I see some real opportunities here. I see a marriage that has still has potential. I see a man who still has a job, and most importantly, I see a Christian who still has a God. You see, we can buy into the devil's headlines." There's no hope for you. You'll never get through this. You'll never heal. You'll never have a good relationship. You'll always be a failure. You'll always struggle financially. You'll never be really close to God. You'll never be a good mom or dad. You'll never amount to anything. Or you can change your perspective by saying, My, I am a child of God. My God is with me. My God is always for me. And even though I don't like what I see, I know that God is working in all those things for the good of those who love him and I love him. Because you've been raised with Christ, we need to set our minds on the things above. And so we need to write our, our headlines. Me, I was a journalism undergraduate, so this headline thing was I really kind of went a little crazy with. But, um, um, and, and in my life, I've had some, some highs, some lows, and a lot of mediums, if you know what I mean. And over the last several years, many of you know I've had some real low times, and I've had some, and I've worked really hard to try to like God. Renew my mind and help me renew my mind because I'm the agent of it. Trying not to just go to my old coping mecha- mechanisms of pushing through, of getting, jumping to the next thing to be busy so I don't have to think about myself. Anybody else do that? You don't want to think about anything, so you just fill it with something else. Um, and other coping mechanisms in my life. And over the last several years of a lot of loss, a lot of personal attacks, a lot of pain, a lot of depression, a lot of major issues that hit at once. It just hit me hard, and it wasn't because of lack of faith. I mean, in the midst of that, I would tell people, no, God and I are good. It's just everything else I don't like. I'm not happy that he's not fixing it, but, you know, and I would go through that. But just because of the closeness of those that were around several of these things, for those through death or moving away, or others that just for unknown reasons just left my life, because of hurt and pain I couldn't prevent, on people that I love because of personal attacks where people aren't worried anymore in this. You know what? People aren't worried anymore about true or false in this world. They just want a headline. And all these things hit me hard. And there were some times I was having a hard time just holding together. And honestly, in doing the series, I started thinking, what's my headline? Well, I could have had a lot of negative headlines during those times. I could have had Job headlines, like Job's friends. Jack, life falling apart. People are leaving. People are dying. People are saying, what has he done? Curse God and die. Right? That's what Job's friend said. But I started thinking back, looking at what my headlines really were, and I came up with this one. Parents, mentor, and closest friend, brother in Christ, who live their lives loving God and others, make it home. Or what about this? Evil and pain in in this world fails in comparison to God's healing. Or what about this personal attacks and hurts don't stop the work of God in my life? And this one I really like, this one here. Um, People who left my life intentionally obviously need help because Jack is an awesome child of God. (laughs) Their loss. (laughs) Right? That's my favorite one. (laughs) It's my headline. It doesn't change the situation, but it changes the perspective. And the ultimate thing is this this headline, I'm still standing because God's not done with me yet. Amen. I don't know who this is for, but if you're in Christ, we don't set our minds above on earthly things, but we set them on the things above. We look for the good and we look to God. We don't think about what we don't have. We think about what God has given us. We don't complain about what's bad in the world all the time. We, we look for the work where God needs us in the world and we join it and connect to it. We don't get caught up in Picking everyone apart, saying where they're wrong and where where this is wrong. Instead, we're looking for opportunities to love people, to share the grace and the love of Jesus. Instead of saying they're wrong and annoying, maybe they're just a candidate for the love of Christ. And maybe we change our headline. By the the way, some of you really have a lot of candidates who are ready for the love of Christ, right? Um, And guess what? They need it, just like I do. You can't always change your circumstance. You can't change your diagnosis. You can't change your relationships on your own. You can't always get your child to listen or to come back to Jesus. You can't always rebuild your faith in a moment after you've been let down. You can't always heal from a hurt that you've been of betrayal in three seconds. But what I do promise you is with God's help, you can write your own headline and you can find a glorious ending in all that story. So what's going to happen tomorrow this week? You're going to open up a news app, open up a newspaper. You're going to turn on whatever. Um, you're going to open up your social media page. There's going to be a headline there. Um, you can read the video from the latest conspiracy that your conspiracy friend, best friend uh, sent you because everyone else is idiots and they're the only one who is informed. We all have one, right? Um, and you may not be able to change what's going on out there, but you can change what's going on in here and in here. Instead of placing fear and anxiety, you can step faith Step forward with faith, knowing that you can be a light in this world called by God. I don't know what your headline will be, but I hope there are some of you that from this day forward, will write your own headlines with Christ as the, as the center point. That you'll let God love you and help you renew your mind. Not just defining the situation or what somebody else is, that you let God help bring meaning to the situation. So what I did is I wanted to create a couple headlines that I hope that Um, give you an idea of of things that you might be facing. And they're not for all of you, but um, these are examples. Maybe the headline is this. Teen asked for help to escape addiction. That very thing that was controlling their lives, that they held in privacy and shame, the thing that they're afraid to tell everyone, the thing that you try to get over and you can't, keeps coming back and coming back and coming back again. You finally ask for help, confess to God and confess to others. And then the rest of the headline says this. And the healing process begins. Maybe it's this one. Hurting woman cries out to God. You've been abused. You've been let down. Your heart aches. But instead of staying inward and just dealing with the tragedies of life, you look upward to the Lord. And your headline adds on to this. Finally, finds freedom and forgiveness. Because if you go to Jesus, those who are in the Son set you free, and he sets you free indeed. Or someone who's been sitting on the sidelines for a long time. You've been coming to church and you haven't fully connected as the church. Maybe your headline says this. Church member attends growth pathway and says yes to serving. Plans to change others' lives, but ends up changing their own. You have no idea what God wants to do in your life. says you can even get more blessed. Or headline four. Maybe it's somebody, I don't know. um, It starts off as sad, but with the help of God, it could turn... Uh, Make a turn. Small group member diagnosed with an illness. But close friends surround them with love and support and trust God for a miracle. We stay together because when you're in a small group and connected as part of a church family, you're never alone. And we can help each other write the headlines that God wants for our lives. And you've got the power of God working through community. So in winding this down today... What challenges are you facing? What pain are you enduring? What question can you not seem to find the answer for? Where's the hurt that no one knows about? Where's the wound that's been there for years and years and years? And you spent most of your life trying to not live to a headline that somebody gave to you. I promise you, you can't always change the situation. But God can change with your perspective where you can write your own headlines. Satan does not define what happens in your life. The media, who has a tough job, I get it, because I was undergraduate journalism, I did it for a little while. They don't define what happens in your life. In your life, What happens in the government doesn't define your life. What happens in your job doesn't define your life. Whatever somebody did to you or said to you does not define your life. Where you are today does not determine your life and determine where you can be tomorrow. Because you can't always change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. And that's why it was the Apostle Paul that said this when he wrote his own headline here, when he was going through a really difficult time. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. So he said, we're in such a bad position, you wouldn't believe, and they're coming after us, they're coming for us. And even though we're hard-pressed... My headline, we ain't crushed. We're perplexed. Sounds like my approach to the world today. I'm perplexed. But not in despair. Persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You may feel struck down right now, but you're, you're still here. You're not alone. You're not going. If you're not dead, you're not done. And so the Apostle Paul says, you're says, hey, struck down, but not destroyed. I'm still here. Therefore, we do not lose heart, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? What do we do? He reiterates again. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. That's earthly things. But on what is unseen, that's eternal things. Why do we do that? Because what is seen is only temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. 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 What are you facing? Set your mind on the things. Fix it on what is unseen. Fix it on what's unseen. You know how you're riding down the road sometime and you're just riding and riding and riding and riding and riding and riding, and riding. you're like, I'm tired of riding, I'm tired of seeing cars, I'm tired of riding, I'm tired of riding. And then if you have that positive person in the car, and they say, oh, look at the lovely flowers. And you go, I see pavement, I see heat, I see those, it's so hot, I see those little, like, Oasis in the middle of the road up there. I just want to get to where I'm going. Uh, This leather's making my butt sweat. You know what I mean? You're just done with it. They say, no, but look at those flowers. And if you really stop, you see some beauty in those flowers. What I'm saying is wherever you are on this journey, whatever's happening to you, there's always flowers. If you change your perspective and see, no matter what you're facing, with the power of God, the love of God, and the presence of God, you may not be able to change the circumstances, but you can change the perspective and guess what? Begin to write your headline with God for your own life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's finish this off today as we are um, time together worshiping and just uh, worship the Lord and, and enjoy that beautiful weather he's given to us. The fact that you're going to be cutting grass 50 times this week. Thank you, Jesus. I like cutting grass. Anybody like cutting it? I like it because it's not a push mower and I'm just sitting there. And it's just me and whatever I got in my ears. now you want to know what's in my ears I ain't telling you All right. let's just let's just be still before God and and I know that there's some people here you are you're you've been living by somebody else's headline or maybe you've been living by your own negative headline because you're just not sure. You you somehow believe you believe to this day that Dewey defeated Truman in your life. Right? And so you're just trying to figure everything out. Maybe you're like the woman who's on a search party for yourself and you haven't found it because You're not, you're being defined by something else. So let's just get still before the Lord right now. So Father, we ask in the name of your risen son, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will do what only he can do, that you will give us clearer eyes to change some of the perspectives today, that wherever you're watching from, whether you're watching online, whether you're seeing this later, or whether you're here in this room, I recognize that there are those who are, who are facing some really difficult things right now. You wish you could change the circumstances. We're going to claim that God changes the circumstances. But even if you can't change the circumstances, you can change your perspective. And you want to see that with God's help, that He'll it, it, just lift you up. And that you'll have a different look in there. And you say to God right now, God, I, I want to help change my perspective. I'm tired of being that negative person. I'm, I'm tired of seeing everything as, as just half empty. God, I, wanna, I don't want to just see things here in this world. I want to see them for eternity. And so, Father, I pray in the middle of real trials and significant pain that, God, for those who are battling anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or dealing with incredibly difficult people or afraid of a, for a job situation or trying to hang in there financially, whatever it is, God, I pray that we would not only that we not only define the meaning of that, but that you would help us define the meaning of who we are. That even in our trials and who you are, that even in our trials, God, that you would teach us to depend on you. And when we're weak and when we're broken, that God, we may lean into your power and your presence and your strength and recognize that that is more than enough. God, we may be crushed and we may be perplexed and we may be struck down, but I thank you that we're not crushed, we're not abandoned and we're not in despair. And we're never, ever without you. And so we're going to hold on to you. Renew our minds, Lord. Help us set our minds on the truth, on your word, to define our lives as we let you help write the headlines for our life. And so God, as those of us who look at this place as our church, give back to you during this time through tithes and offering ice, that you just continue to bless um, their gifts and further the ministry of your church, not ours here and around the world, for those visiting. We just want you to receive what God has for you today. and do not expect you to give it all, but we want you to receive what God's blessing is. There are people here who are in the front and the back to pray with you if you'd like to do so. But ultimately, God, we just ask that you speak to us and that if someone spoke negative headlines or we spoke negative headlines to ourselves, you speak positively. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering, surrendering, oh. find the
0: your headlines. If you want, I'm going to challenge you this week. Go on Facebook and just put your headline for your life down there. All right? Bye. Have a great week.